Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When I wake up in the morning and the alarm gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab a book and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We are here with one of my favorite guests that may have ever been in here. I'm really, really excited. Peter Engel, who is an executive producer on Saved by the Bell and just released a new book called I Was Saved by the Bell and it is so good, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. I love being here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay! We also have Gino, the producer, here. What's going on? I was a fan of the show, too, of course. I think we'll probably just dive right into that. Yeah. Get right up in that mic so we can hear you, Peter. Right up in the mic, right real up, close. Oh, right up the mic. There, there you, there you go. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that better? Mm-hmm. Let me let me take out this music so we can dive right into our okay. Say by the Bell talk. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Emily, I know you were like, are you were like a giant fan, right? Like you're yeah. you're Say by the you're like a completist. Yeah, absolutely. You have it, it all like, on, on I DVD. I may or, or may not have the whole series on okay. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> not next year, but original, right? Oh yeah, original. Because there was like some sort of follow up. Well, yeah, he he did all of it. Okay. So, yeah, but the new class was really an accountant's dream. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it was a money grab? That's what you, that's what you mean. It was a money grab. In I fact, mean, I I watched all of it, but it's okay. It was on for five years. Yeah. But the worked. interesting thing, I had to bring Screech back to rescue it from the colleges. He wasn't even old enough to graduate high school, and uh, he was the assistant principal. These the, all these kids flunked a year. They did five years of high school. <laughs> they did. We did five years of Bell. One year of. College years, two movies, and we did five years of the new class. Well, Dylan was like 42 at the end of 90210. You know, like, but he was 31 when it started. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. My my kids, Dustin was Screech, Screech was 11, and Mark, Paul, and Mario were 14, and Elizabeth was 15, and Tiffany and Mark were 14. So they were. The first time on television, they were playing their real ages. That must have been tough, though, for you on set with all these like actual kids to get them to actually really work. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't uh, because they were the most unusual group I'd ever encountered. Uh, they were so professional that a lot of the crew forgot that they were kids. Mm. And kids do something stupid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and... I said, if anyone ever raises their voice to one of these kids, you're out. Because they're kids. So when they do things, they're going to do them. Of course. But they were so professional that everyone forgot that they were so young. Yeah, definitely. You uh, actually told a story in your book, and I want you to tell a little bit about it here, about Mark Paul, because you said about a time that he got really famous and he was like really in shock about how many fans he actually had. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, that that was a great story. We were at NBC Burbank, and... um, uh, we weren't even on the air yet, and I think it was about the third show, and we would bus in uh, high school kids every Friday, and they would be crazy. It would be, they didn't even know who they were seeing, and it was sign my hand, sign my hat, sign my arm, sign this. 
And I get a call from security one night, and they say, after a taping, and they say, I have 200 girls here in the lobby, and they won't <laughs> go home until Mark Zach comes down to say goodbye. So <laughs> the I greatest said, phone call you could ever get. <laughs> it's Mark Paul, right? It's amazing. And so I, I'm sorry, I said, I'll bring him down. But at NBC, there was a, there was a lot. There was the Tonight Show. There was our stage. And then there was a glassed-in reception area, and the girls were on the other side of the glass. And Mark Paul didn't know where, he didn't know what to expect. Maybe there were 10 girls or 12 girls. There were 200 girls screaming, carrying on. And the security said, let us know when you're ready. We have more offices in case it goes awry. <laughs> and we're walking down. Maybe he's 14 years old. And... And we walk, and he sees the mob, and he goes, please, please, don't make me go out there without you. <laughs> and we walked out of sight, and I said, look, I will never make you go out there alone. But tonight, your life is going to change, and it's never going to be the same again, and you're going to have the time of your life. I mean, when Tiffany and he went to France, midnight, they landed at the Gaulle about two years later, and they went, 10,000 kids at the Gaulle Airport when they landed at midnight. And this was the beginning. It's amazing. Why was Zach always late for class? Like, can't he be on time? Like, come on, Zach. No, because he had to be saved by the bell. Right. I mean, come on. Got it. He was late for class because they were hall, they were hall terrorists. What was... Yeah, there's some, hall, some, some hall monitors. Now, I, wait, wait. No, I wrote that. They were hall, why are you late? Because they were hall terrorists. Hall terrorists. How was, I love it. How, how did A.C. Slater have, like abs and like pecs and everything at like 14 years old like what kind of juice was ac on what was going on in that high school well, that he was so jacked up he, he, i mean that like he was a child and he's like ripped and shredded i mean if you see him now on access hall he's on access that's what he's on uh, extra. No, extra extra right he's in my hotel room everywhere i go tell, yeah. tell me what tell me what movie to watch i'm like get out of my face ac like i'm gonna make my own decisions about movies get out of here yeah, he was always in really good shape. But he's still so he's yeah. amazing, right? And he was like that back then. Like, was he always doing dips like out like before the shot or whatever? How did he do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was the big pumping up with push-ups before I didn't, you I didn't know because I was in the control room. Just forget being at the beach and Palm Desert in Hawaii. I was in the control room. So I don't didn't know that that Mark Paul and he started to get competitive. And one night I happened to walk out just before they're ready to go on. The two of them are doing, are pumping up all stage. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> they, they were always pumping up just before the scenes where they had their shirts off or, or bare arms. Yeah, you got to get, get a good pump, right, before I mean, you hey, step on. I mean, yeah. It showed. All the girls loved them, but yeah. apparently it worked. That so, was, I mean, they pretty much still do. That was the concept. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who, who engineered that jerry curl, though, on, on AC? Like, he had that mullet with the curls, and it's shiny. How did he get it so shiny? I, I, that is one shiny mullet. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you weren't involved in that. I was. Well, I was involved in hair and makeup, but, but I don't know how that happened. I think he brought it to the show with him. I mean, he was born with it. As a producer, I would delegate that too. Someone else handles AC's hair. Um, you, you know, you've spoken a little bit about this before that you, the li Lifetime made an unauthorized pick. Did you watch it? Did you I watch did. the movie? Were well, they you... had to send it to me a few days early. Of course. And um, I was the most boring character I have ever seen in my life. I mean, 
Because my lawyers were all over it, like, you know, I of course. treat them. And it was such a, it was like a valentine to the show. Yeah. It was not salacious, it was not controversial. But the scenes between Brandon Tartikoff and I, the young president of NBC, mm-hmm. were the worst scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> I was bored to, who is that guy? <laughs> you should have been in it's it. Very, you should have just made a cameo there. I, sh- I should have been in it. You played yourself. It's very inside baseball, right? You and the president of NBC arguing. Yeah, right? That was a Lifetime movie? Like, yeah, it was. No, there we go. No one got. Wait, no one was kidnapped in this Am lifetime I movie. Right the, with this? You're yeah, good. Yeah, you're good. No, the the movie kind of took you behind the scenes and kind of it claimed it was unauthorized. It claimed what happened with the kids oh. behind the scenes and showed a bunch of different kind of stuff. So, mm. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I feel like there were some stories though that they showed kind of like the kids dating and how things came about that were probably not true. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, everyone really know. dated everyone. <laughs> I mean, but they were kids. Of course, they did. Right? Everyone dated everyone, as Tiffany said a couple of years ago. <laughs> The only good, and I was concerned about that because I hadn't, because I was concerned that if you're on camera and you're dating, but they fortunately never dated each other. Like when Zach and Kelly were together, they weren't dating. That's or, good. Or, or when Mario and, and Tiffany were dating, they weren't dating in the show. Mm-hmm. So that was good because I had a show where a couple broke up in the morning in life and fell in love in the episode Yikes. that night. <laughs> Probably didn't go so well. And, and we had, we had, we had no kids. We had clicks, and then I had to talk them down. But it never affected the show. They were, they were magic. They were the Yankees when the Yankees were the Yankees. Right. Nice. That um, baseball reference that. Emily loves it. She's a big <laughs> New a big York sports fan. Yeah. Um, That's why I said it. Who, uh, <laughs> you know. who, what, what, who was Dustin Diamond hooking up with, though? Like, what, did, was no. did Screech getting any love, or was <laughs> well, he like the, over? The problem was life I imitates mis- art. <laughs> so sad. I misread Dustin's birth date. Want, we were casting in the summer, and it was one twenty-one something. And you're thinking, all right, the other kids are fourteen. He's thirteen. He'll be fourteen the next year. Second show, I say to Mark Paul, "What's with Dustin? He's such a kid." <laughs> He said, well, he's only 11. He's only 11? <laughs> I never would have hired him, so I called my casting director. She says, here's on a head sheet. He's, he's 11. I said, how could I have made that mistake? <laughs> she said, do you want me to fire him? I said, no, he's screech. <laughs> details, details. But it was difficult. It was difficult for him on the show. Because, as you guys know, that in high school, 11-year-olds don't hang out with 14 or 15-year-olds. Right. And so he was never part of that, which was sad but he was so awesome on the show. As he got older, he didn't date anyone on the show, but every extra in the site he hit upon. <laughs> well, well, I saw his sex tape, so we know. I didn't get to see that. Uh, How was well, it? I'll pull it up for you. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's entertaining. I'll pass on that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's out there. I mean, now, and I saw him probably a year ago, and they did like an off-Broadway production of Saved by the Bell like a spoof of it, but he plays a janitor and it's really interesting. Dustin's there and it's really cool that he's there and kind of hanging out with them. So I feel like he must be, I mean, he must love it. He must still love it just like the rest of them do. Um, well, I Wait, did you not know about this Broadway interpretation I, I, of your show? I, I, okay, I was just going to say, you seem like you need to get paid for that, right? <laughs> cool. I should get paid for cell phones. Well, I, I introduced the cell phone on television. What, ca- what character <laughs> on, te- on television ever, even doctors didn't have cell phones. No. He had the, his right. cell phone was literally as bigger than his head, and it, it was in, in his gym locker. Bag. In his gym bag. <laughs> in his gym bag, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm like old enough to remember those, sadly. <laughs> I never had one, but I saw them. You saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. Yeah, they're around. Um, I recently spoke to Mark Paul because I cover the show Pitch, 
that he's on. And I recently, uh, he told me, I asked him, like, where would where would Zach and Kelly be today? And he was like, there is no way that Zach and Kelly would, would still be together because he would have screwed it up. Do you agree with that? Zach or him personally? That Zach and Kelly. <laughs> either way, but... Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened was, if you remember the first year, you remember. I remember. Sure. The first year, uh, it was Zach and Slater uh, competing for Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of the second year, Zach wins Kelly. Zach going steady was really boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we He's need- a player. Players got to play. <laughs> That's right. So we needed to break them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was boring. Zach, I mean... He hit on the school nurse. He had a famous <laughs> thing with her, yeah. but, that yeah. was, but it was cheating. So that wasn't good. That's so a lesson, we, right? If you, you everyone wants endgame, no, they only think they want the endgame relationship. You actually, what you want is the journey, right? Yeah, the journey's the, the fun. It's time, exactly. to, it's time to roll credits once they actually get together. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so we had to break them up. And as you read in the book, when she kisses the guy in the in the max. The audience was booing and hissing <laughs> I was and screaming and yelling, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> the next thing I know, and they're about to break up in the next scene when she's going to tell him at the same place where they had their first kiss mm-hmm. that she, with another, you know. And I'm in the control room, and I stage manager says, Mark, Paul, and Tiffany want to see you. <laughs> You've been called into the principal's <laughs> office. So I come Wait a minute, out, you're in charge. This makes no sense. <laughs> and I've called the principal's office, and... Now, off did you all meet in the actual principal's <laughs> office? What was the no, no, office? No, I was in front of the audience. Oh, okay. So off stage, they said, "We don't want to break up. The audience hates Kelly." <laughs> I said, "Hates Tiffany." I said, "They don't hate Tiffany. They hate Kelly." And we don't want to break up. I said, "What do you mean you don't want to break up? We don't want to break up." And I said, well, "It doesn't matter. We have to break you up. We got five scripts ahead where Zach is trying to get over a heartbreak and dating everyone in sight. Everyone's got someone for Zach." And we don't want to break up. I say, you're not really dating. (laughs) (laughs) And also, by the way, I'm in charge. Your children, go away. I said, I promise you, of course, I was lying. Did I, little did I know about the college years or winning in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I said, don't worry. We'll get you back together again. (laughs) And I was totally lying. I had no idea ever of getting them back. Lying to to the talent is like 90% of your job as a producer, I think, in my opinion. That's true. You got to keep them happy. (laughs) Got to keep them happy. What what would you do if you were there? We're going to change the script right now and you're not going to break up. I would have done exactly what you did, but I would have made Mr. Belding deliver the news. (laughs) No, this show was so iconic. And do you, obviously there's a lot of teen dramas. There's a lot of high school. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Dramas, there's a lot of these kind of comedies. When did you get a sense or did you ever have a sense that this is going to be like it became such a huge deal and it was a big part of Emily's childhood and my childhood and, and pretty much everyone in our generation how did, when did you know that Save by the Bell was going to be this breakout hit and not just another show? I'll tell you one. First of all, I didn't want to do this show. When Brand Tartikoff brought the president of NBC, brought the other boring guy in that movie, <laughs> brought me NBC, he said, we're going to do great things. 
And to me, a great thing was a hit primetime show. And he said, I want to do live action on Saturday morning. And the New York Times, two years later, was a huge hit, and I'll tell you when I knew it, uh, in 85 countries, and you said, what a great idea. I said, no, I said, could you get someone else? And so I went home that night, my wife said to me, how was your day? And I said, great, Brian wants me to do this kid show, I don't want to do it. She said, that's great, you should do it. I said, who cares about kid shows? She said, how about our kids? I said, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back the next day, I said to Brandon, I'll be there in three weeks for the hit. But remember, our lead-in were chipmunks. That's right. And our lead-out was Smurfs. And our competition were against a rabbit, a bear, and a raisin. Stacked, stacked so, competition. <laughs> so I never thought we would ever be seen. But I'll tell you what, we did a mall tour. We hit the air in prime time. People don't remember that. We had three airings in a row, on, uh, three weeks in a row, and the fourth week was Saturday morning. And we didn't understand the ratings. It was two to six, seven to 14, and, the, and Brandon's screaming at research, if I'd listened to you, I wouldn't have put on Cheers, I wouldn't have put on Family Ties, I wouldn't have put on uh, LA Law. And, and I, I said, what's wrong? I'm in his office. He said, they're predicting doom, the research people. I said, well, they have a lot of experience with doom. More. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, you're against those raisins. And I thought maybe I was gonna be doom. And what happened was, we went on the air, we didn't understand the ratings, but no one had ever um, surveyed 12 to 17. It was only two to six and seven to 14. And That's we weird. discovered a whole, we had more teenage girls on Saturday morning than the Cosby show had at eight o'clock on Thursday night, which was That's the number one show in television. You discovered teenagers and cell phones? This is amazing. <laughs> the show is incredibly and, informative. And heartbreak. That's and right. That, I mean, that, that and was so what happened was we decided to do a mall tour. So my daughter was living in Miami with her mother and stepfather, and let's go do the first one in Miami. So we go to Miami, and we have all the teen, we have all the hot, top radio uh, top 40 radio people behind us. No NBC affiliate, of course. <laughs> Just like here on this tour, okay? No NBC, no NBC affiliate. NBC, and you're called out. we go to Broward, and they go on the radio. We're going to be, Tiffany and Mark Paul, we're going to be at Broward. Well, we didn't have anything to sell. We had nothing, and the DJ was hosting it. We get to Broward, and there are 10,000 kids oh in the malls, and the police had to come in in Jeeps as you read in the book, yes. to get us out of there. And I, when I saw that, we were only on, it was August, it was, it was February. And w when I saw this, I said, guys, we got something hot here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people love, I mean, I feel like Zach and Kelly was just everyone's like goal yeah. in life. Like they Except were the- for you, you wanted Slater. I wanted Slater, but <laughs> no, I wanted the seem... teacher that Kelly hooked up with yeah. later. Oh, I was all about Muldoon. that teacher. I liked Patrick, old Patrick, Patrick Muldoon. Muldoon. The, I mean, um, come on. In the college years. Yeah. That was why I watched the college years, because I was all about the teacher. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good reason. That's, that's such a great, that's hey. such a great story. It's fine. Um, well, so when the cast gets back together for things like, you know, they did The Tonight Show, and your name was still on there. They didn't yeah, take it was, off, which is cool. incredible. That was cool. Would, I mean, would you do something? I mean, Full House does no. it, has a You would never. Well, I think the Fallon thing was the high point. I'll tell you why. People say, you should have been there. I said, no, no, the credit was iconic. Mm -hmm. not, not me being there. And my son works for you two. And at that time, he was in Singapore. So I said to him that night, uh, how, do you think, uh, how do you think we'll do? He said, I think 
you'll get about a million to a million and a half hits on YouTube. I said, you kidding? He went, no. We had 35 million <laughs> hits on YouTube it's alone. Still, it's still a phenomenon. And, yeah. and when I, and, and the guy who wrote it, I said, were those numbers on the lockers real? He said, what do you mean? I said, we never, I never remember the numbers. We, they were there, but it was Zach's locker, it was Kelly's locker. Mm -hmm. so, but he said, yeah, we watched. I said, we couldn't have done, and that's going to answer your question when I ever do it. We couldn't done, I could not have done that any better than they did. Yeah. And I yeah, think, it was great. And I think that was it. Mm -hmm. And anything after that would be, um, it would be, why? You just yeah. crushed Emily's dreams. But this, this I, I don't. <laughs> Emily, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's I was supposed to make it. you happy, they told me. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I do want to ask about one other specific scene, the I'm so excited scene, which everyone is. Well, I wrote that. That's, yes. And I think everyone is obsessed with that scene. I, I mean, know. Jesse is on caffeine pills. Uh, some people say that, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley really wanted some more dramatic roles and that's kind of why that happened. But that's, is that not true? How that's does that, not true. How did that storyline come about? Like, how did that become such a huge iconic thing? Well, Jesse was always stressed. Yeah. Between... Just, just want to hear it. Here we go. Let's, let's, let's see it. Oh, wait, wait, I have some nonsense on. Hold on. All right, here, here it is. <laughs> some reason Ghostbusters are playing. Sorry, <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> Let's just listen to this. This is like the iconic, I took too oh, many caffeine pills. I'm obsessed, yeah. Which was like also epidemic in my middle school. But <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Dark. You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them, Zach. I have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. Yes, I can. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Jesse, Jesse. Ironically, that's how I feel before my coffee. But um. Well, okay, let me set it straight. Okay? <laughs> First of all, she was always stressed because she wanted to get into Stanford. She didn't do all yeah. the SATs. She, they, boys insisted she'd be in the group, and the girls insisted they'd be... We, we took cheerleading to a high art form. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so um, what we decided to do was to do something important about teenage peer pressure and stress. And we wrote it, Tom Tenowich and I wrote it as if she was on speed. So we're in the meeting with the NBC people and they go, no way, there's no way you can have uh, Jesse on speed. So I, so, uh, well, well, what should we do? And so Tom Tenowitz or someone said, how about caffeine pills? They said, okay, okay. We didn't change one word of the right. script. So we had written it, as Dustin said on E a few years ago, it seemed like she wasn't a heroine. But <laughs> that's not how the heroin works. But it's more low-key. I knew you knew. Oh, I've heard. <laughs> Some, you know, research. And so what happened was I didn't also write 17's Jesse, 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 Jesse. Jesse. Right. Mm -hmm. But they were so in the moment, and the audience was crying. I mean, the kids were absolutely crying in the audience. It affected my daughter. Mm -hmm. and, and when I went on my college tour about nine years ago, that was everyone's favorite episode. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the reality is. We wrote it if she was on real drugs. I mean, she was on three cups of coffee. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Family Guy just, just spoofed it last week. I don't know if you saw it. Mark Paul did his, put his voice over it. Oh, I heard. He did do it. And it was great. I mean, yeah. it was very, you know. It, it was what it was. And we make fun of it as adults about um, caffeine pills. Mm -hmm. But to the teenage audience at that time, that was something... They had never seen, and yeah. it, and it, and it, and the audience in in the on the stage in the studio were crying 
during, yeah. and they were crying. It was, I'm telling you, that was real. Like in my middle school, there was like a small little epidemic of this where people would go to, because you could buy it over the counter at like a mini mart and they would sell it to kids, basically. You could just, it's next to the candy and whatever and you can just grab it and then... Are you, you still it, doing it? That? Was, no. <laughs> he just does coffee now. It was called like no-dose or something like that. It's basically Crazy. a caffeine pill and, and a, a couple people in my... Uh, middle school overdosed on them and had to go to the hospital wow. and have their stomachs pumped. That's it was like a whole so situation. You're making that up, oh, aren't you? I swear, I swear <laughs> in my life. It was. I didn't know anyone who took caffeine pills. I but didn't either. I, but I don't, I don't think it's not true. I believe it. I mean, people right. get stressed out. So it happened by, on Save by the Bell. It's, it's, it's true. true. It's real. <laughs> had to be real. Right. Um, right before we go, I do want to touch on one more thing from the book that you you also talked a lot about other things other than Saved by the Bell because you've had such an incredible career and such an incredible life in general. You've met, I mean, you've hung out with JFK. You've done, you've done all these amazing things. What? When have you been starstruck? Was there a moment that you were starstruck? Elvis? I mean, there's Well, Elvis I had lunch with, but that's not in the book. So okay. that wasn't a story because all we did was a lunch. How the we time you, you met Elvis, not interesting <laughs> enough to <laughs> no, make I know. To me. Like, no, no big deal. Because lunch. It, wasn't, it wasn't a story. I had lunch with Elvis. Right. Uh, John Lennon, we went through this whole thing about putting him on the air on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. JFK, I was his liaison. I was his guy in, of getting him in and out of crowds. I lost him in a million people <laughs> in, in the garment <laughs> center. And uh, I, uh, I, I was always with him. That was mm-hmm. my job in the campaign when he was in New York. Things, um, went, things went fine for him, though. <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. <laughs> I know. And Crush broke my heart for one of many times. And the thing is, there was something about... Um, people like JFK and Lennon and Austin Wells, they, and Bill Clinton, they made you feel. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com More important than you really were. They always took an interest in you when you Mm -hmm. first met them. In other words, and Orson Welles, of course, in the book, is trying to put on a whole show for Mm -hmm. me against the mountain backdrop. But the, the thing is that I did that Whenever I met the fans, when my son went to college and my daughter, I would show up. There'd be a thousand kids at Emory in Georgia wanting to meet me. I was mm-hmm. saying I was the man. And I would always take more of an interest in them. Yeah. What do you do? Where are you from? What, do, what are your courses you're taking? Do you like it here at college? And, mm-hmm. and I learned that from these big stars that one of the things they did was care about you instead of, and that put you at ease when you say, when a future president of the United States says to you, tell me about yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I would do that same thing with fans who would say, who they didn't want to ask me a question. It was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I would say, so where are you from? What are you studying? Mm-hmm. How's it going for you? 
And I learned that. See, we're like the original definition of charisma, right? Yeah, this, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I like that. I, I also think Bill Clinton would be very happy about being put on that list. <laughs> yeah, like, Bill Clinton with, with JFK, JFK and, and Elvis and yeah. John Lennon. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's Your life is absolutely Poor Bill Clinton. No. You've got to put him on a list. <laughs> Poor guy never had much, <laughs> much fame. <laughs> what, a, what, what a charmer, though, right? What a, what a charmer. What a time we live in. <laughs> Poor Bill Clinton feeling so insecure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Everyone can pick up the book, I Was Saved by the Bell. And, I mean, it's amazing. Everyone should re- read it. Even if you're not into Saved by the Bell, I would say there's some really interesting stories Wait, say in the it. name of the book again. I Was Saved by the Bell. I Was Saved by the Bell. Yes. Peter Ingram, and it is available on Amazon and everywhere. Everywhere you can everywhere buy books, right? Books. Mm-hmm. And at and I was saved by the bell.com. Woohoo. We will put a link to the book in our iTunes description. Perfect. And yeah. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Peter. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>